and welcome to episode 16 of Flowering of the Human Spirit, a podcast about Edinburgh with no festivals. It's the 16th day of August and so we're pretty much on the halfway mark and to try to express some of the weird emotions that that throws up, there is a feeling for me that well, Edinburgh hasn't fallen down and crumbled around our ears with no festivals and also that there's going to be all these unseen and as yet unmeasured impacts that not having the festivals is going to have on the city. So the the very symbiotic relationship that Edinburgh has, has as a city with its festivals in August and other year-round festivals too is becoming more complicated and layered as as the month goes on but as a fairly quiet Sunday today it's been interesting to see again that the 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 online events of the festivals have been really well received and the book festival events which I I watched yesterday were really good the uh, book festival has done a cracking job of sort of putting their usual August live format into an online event and lots of people I've seen online have been expressing their appreciation of being able to watch the events later whenever they want really not having to rush and to just enjoy them in their own time and space and maybe it was just my imagination but I thought that the event one of the events I watched was perhaps a bit more candid and interesting uh, not nothing personal towards the contributors I'm not even going to say who who they were it's just that I I just had this feeling that perhaps they felt more able to be open and honest having the conversation in that more closed way where they weren't going to have to deal with things in the room and as a result it was just more interesting and it was one of the most interesting events that I've seen from the book festival and I just wondered if that might have something to do with the the format Uh, but today undoubtedly in a normal festival year I would be nursing a hangover probably from the book festival opening night and I would have probably caught up with all kinds of lovely people that I usually see that night and so today more than ever there's that sense of difference and and what's missing what what can't be replaced in in an online event or in putting a festival, a whole festival program online is the in-person connection and socialising, exchanging opinions about the events and what we thought of them, which I often do with just strangers anyway, uh, being a a chatty person. uh, if, If I'm coming out of an event alongside someone, I might have a chat to them about what they thought, just out of curiosity and uh, the the socializing and the and the and also networking for people who work in the arts is going to be completely absent and 
yeah, the, there's been some things online uh, over the weekend that I've caught up on about the impacts in the publishing industry and on books and how there's going to be apparently a whole load of books. I think it was something like, was it 600 books are all going to be brought out on the 3rd of September? Which just creates a, a sort of uncomfortable proximity and, and competition between authors and publishers, doesn't it? I mean, there is uh, actually a, a, a regular practice of books all being brought out on the same day, which is, you, you know, Super Saturday or whatever day it falls on in, in October every year, just ahead of the Christmas rush. So it's not something that hasn't happened before, but it's not usually happening in September. But there's concerns about you know, opportunities for people, freelancers, and opportunities for people who want to get into that industry, and how even more, how how much more, even more unequal it's going to become in terms of opportunities, and that also bookshops are going to be struggling. You know, there's so there's a general sense of the emerging significance of this of this crisis on these industries and 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 how it's going to continue post emergency mode because i suppose by emergency mode obviously we're still in emergency mode in terms of our behaviors and so on but it's the things like financial support for the government and staff being furloughed these are coming to an end now and uh, some companies have been announcing that they are going to be closing anyway and laying off all their staff so notably Byron Burgers was, was one of these who are, who are going to be letting go of hundreds of staff a friend of mine went for a hard one night out in Edinburgh and reported back on social media that although you know, that the reasons they'd wanted to go for this just little, very modest and sensible night out had been to experience the city with no festivals and to support businesses as well, and just to have a bit of a break from the, from the, uh, from the stresses of life and working from home, they also had found that it was very weird uh, having all kinds of restrictions and regulations put on them and just the lack of atmosphere no music bright lights sort of plastic sneeze guards everywhere and it just wasn't it just wasn't fun and uh, and that it didn't feel particularly safe and i think there's just there's a sense now that that businesses are going to have to like ad- really adapt quite quite significantly not just to match the covid regulations to make things safe and to prevent resurgences of the of the disease but also just to make it make it work for their customers and 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 bring customers back and it's the the inequalities new new lines have been drawn there because for example thinking about the fact that 
during festival years, businesses that have in, occupy certain spaces have an advantage and you know over other businesses and so for example pop-up bars just being allowed to have outdoor space in the city uh, gives them an unfair advantage especially depending where the sites are over some local businesses like pubs and bars and restaurants well now businesses that have outdoor space uh, as part of their site have got that advantage And of course that advantage is only going to be seasonal as well because when it comes to the winter, autumn and winter months in Scotland, which we're all thinking about with a bit of a shudder this year, um, you you know, an outdoor space is practically pointless in most scenarios because the weather makes it un- unappealing and generally not used. And I think we're really... <coughs> You know, it's it's sort of difficult. It's because it's got to the point with with all these adaptations and changes and and things opening up, where there's still so many unknowns in the air. And a, a big part of it, I feel, is is communicating uh, how people can enjoy still city spaces without causing risk or putting themselves at risk. And doing that in a way that's more tangible and more maybe visual and doing it online. And I think that that's, that's something that, that I've thought about maybe the city efforts that I've seen so far uh, about getting, trying to get people back out and give Edinburgh's buzz back. They're a bit vague, you know, they're, they're translating through PR uh, efforts into newspaper articles and you read a newspaper article and it just doesn't really give you any sense of what it's like you know maybe adopting more use of technology like video and photos and showing people what a space is like would would be more would be more of a tangible and reassuring thing for people to be able to see what the space is actually like and and know what the restrictions are and be able to plan around that to, to work for them anyway it's become clearer to me as well in the past few days through a variety of ways that uh, there are quite a number of tourists coming to Edinburgh now and in general Scotland has become a, a hot spot drawing in tourists from all over the UK as a place to go on holiday and a place that is being seen as somewhere with a lot of open space and room and you know no danger of overcrowding and you know plenty of plenty of space to enjoy a quiet holiday away from home and hopefully that's going to be benefiting some tourism businesses in Scotland I've also seen some people online saying that they're really, you know, expressing annoyance that there's tourists coming to Edinburgh. And at the moment, I think, you know, I I can really see where they're coming from. We're still in a situation at the moment where the news um, cycle is unpredictable and every day we're seeing things 
uh, in the news such as for example Aberdeen has had to go back into lockdown again because of a an upsurge in COVID-19 cases and it's almost odd as well that the Aberdeen was pinpointed you know a, a number of days ago um, on the 4th that was when the episode that I recorded about uh, young people and Nicola Sturgeon being disappointed in seeing people crowding into bars and it's just it, it's quite strange isn't it that that was almost that foreshadowed the events that that were to come where now outbreaks of, of COVID-19 spreading of it has been linked to several bars in Aberdeen and they are the ones that you know people have been told that they've got to get t- tested, track and trace activities uh, being taking place around these pubs. So it's like this quick news cycle of of changes that's going on. So Aberdeen is locked down again, and it's affected loads of things. Uh, for example, trains, all the trains going to Aberdeen, no longer running to that station I believe and which is at the end of a line I think possibly but anyway it's been it has affected a whole main arterial train route and there's a sense that something like that could happen anywhere really and in Edinburgh which is much you know more a bigger city with more bars and more densely crowded areas at times of you know tourists coming that it could really be it, it, it could be possible that something like that could happen here and given that people have been in lockdown for months I think it's quite understandable that they a lot of people still haven't really been out and about at all they've just been sheltering or sheltering in place is what they call it in America shielding is what we call it here um, because of immune immunocompromising conditions or their age or underlying health problems and so they've 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 not been to see family and friends and they're really you know getting getting to the end of their rope when they're seeing people actually coming in you know cutting about their city enjoying their city on a visit from elsewhere and yeah, I mean, I was I was thinking about a lot of these things and also and, and the feelings that they throw up today and then just after thinking about this and thinking about today's podcast, I saw a news article saying that Scotland is, you know, is facing a lot of cases of COVID-19 which will be coming from south of the border where the virus is not as under control and yeah I mean all these all of these feelings uh, that are thrown up by these various you know ominous ominous warnings and, and people online getting irritated about it does have a bit of a sense of oh you know are we on the precipice of, of things things getting worse again which obviously we really really hope so much that that they won't and we won't be thrown back into that situation again for for months and on the whole I feel like we've you know adapted 
surprisingly well to all these changes but then there's there's certain behaviors that have been you know quick quick to return should we say amongst amongst certain people and people that you wouldn't necessarily expect it from um, and that's just obviously based on completely surface things but you know I, I've been astonished to see uh, around the city as I've been walking around the, the the routes that I usually walk which are very quiet and never I'm never within two meters of a person on these on these walks that I've seen masks that people have just thrown on uh, on the ground and sometimes they'll be like next to a car or maybe they're in a car park of a shop or you know they're just in a gutter and or left on a wall or sometimes like draped on a fence or something like that and I just think who who's doing that It's very strange. These are strange times. And I suppose one of the things that I've been thinking about in uh, in the past few days over this weekend in particular is just people's behaviour and attitudes in regards to their sort of their their behaviour as consumers and sort of economic beings because the first thing that strikes me is that there'll be a lot of people working away in their respective small businesses around the city and just running on pure hope at the moment and making the changes that need to be made and just keeping their fingers crossed that things are things are going to work out one way or another somehow and one one of the one of the local places near me where I I stopped in I stopped in to get some food because actually I was going to go to a large supermarket chain branch small city branch uh, to pick up some things for dinner and then I saw this place empty and I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go in and, and support them and it'll cost me a few pounds more, but I'd rather do that and feel as though maybe I've helped a little bit in a tiny way. And so this place was completely empty and they'd obviously had to make some really significant changes to, to make the place uh, safe, so the layout was just completely altered by you know having to put tables further apart and also put sort of barriers in place so that people wouldn't be able to walk straight in and put other customers at risk. And there was only one other customer in, and the person who served me, you know, I could see a sense of just. It was it was really quite moving, but there were there were there was a sense of I, I really hate to say the word desperation, but yeah, a bit of desperation in, in their face. When when I was ordering, I wasn't ordering very much, and I wasn't spending a lot of money, which made I felt bad because I wasn't giving them more. 
uh, more business but the you know there there was a sense of you know oh, the place is empty there's one place one person in we're all ready to go and uh, and that didn't make it unpleasant at all by the way it just if you're thinking well well you know I would like to support local businesses but I don't think I could deal with the emotional burden of going in and feeling like I'm not spending enough money or whatever it made me more glad that I'd done it to be honest it made me more glad that I'd done it and 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 it made me resolve to try to do it again when I can uh, and and when I you know within what I can afford to do but yeah there was and there was just a there was just a sense of sort of restlessness of you know who knows how much money they were going to be taking that that evening but it wasn't going to be a lot and I yeah I really felt like you know I, I, I felt it because I thought normally they would I mean they would be having they might not be necessarily being busy during the festival but there would have been more people in for sure and they would have been getting some takeaway orders regularly and you know so that made me think about you know just the frameworks of certainty that have been shattered by the COVID-19 events and by not having the festivals in the city this year because the festivals are there they are a big economic event in the city of the year too um, and it must it must be very muddling and difficult to know what to do and disheartening when you don't you just don't know you're, you're working away you're, you've got to keep the wheels in motion in various ways perhaps in the hopes that you're gonna take some money but it might it might not ever it might not ever pan out and you just don't know and maybe it will and maybe it won't uh, and, and it's a bit like gambling you know it's like transformed the act of running a business into a gamble uh, a daily gamble and then there's the behaviour of people as you know consumers and you know some of the things that I've, I've experienced and uh, you know people being for example um really wanting to support local businesses which is which is great and really like pledging and committing to support the businesses around them and trying to make helpful choices to support these smaller more precarious businesses and i've also i've seen enough people online commenting about this or talking about this for it to be remarkable and I know that this this probably comes as a surprise to nobody uh, listening but it came as a surprise to me and there's no sense of judgement about me noticing it and commenting on it it's just something that I've really noticed and that is quite a lot of people uh, talking about um holidays and the cost of them and also the lack of availability to go on holiday in Scotland usually because people are 
in Scotland are tending to want to stay in Scotland where we perhaps feel unfamiliar turf and know what's going on with the the, the coronavirus infection rates and so on um, and people talking also about not being able to get away on a holiday this year or you know we're probably not going to be able to get away this year or we're you know I don't know we're, we're gonna maybe maybe not be able to go on holiday for a while or you know the schools are back now so we've sort of missed the boat there or I don't know just like surprising to me and maybe that is it uh, my rhythm of life is out of step with a lot of people but I don't know I've I, I've had there's been several years where I've not had holidays or been away on a holiday and uh, it's not for lack of wanting one uh, usually it's been because logistically I couldn't manage it or I couldn't or I couldn't afford it and so I guess I guess to me it just doesn't seem worth worth remarking on um, but people have been talking about it publicly and there's been a lot of discussion about it and if there's one thing as well that I've noticed is that it really quite you know there's nothing quite gets as heated as discussions about people's personal consumer choices and you know whether whether or not you know they throw, they they put them out for for comment but they don't necessarily want people to 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 comment on them and yeah it's just it's it's an interesting one because <clears throat> i feel like well holidays holidays as a as a rule are you know they are a luxury i mean having time off from work is is a necessity um, as in in the way that we frame it in in the Western world, is that you know holidays are an entitlement, and without having a time off and balance in your life, you know you you've not got you've not got your rights as a worker, your employment rights. You know you should you should be able to have time off, but the right to actually go on holiday is something else and then there's also been again it's just it's 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 a theme at the moment is it well possibly it's because english schools haven't gone back as well but people have been talking about english tourists abroad and how you know sort of things have been overheard saying and um yeah so i don't know maybe i'm i'm just i'm discerning a sense from from the city there's tourists here and people are not very happy about it but then also that there's a lot of people who are really wanting to go on holiday and can't for largely like economic or you know logistical reasons and then there's people who are going say abroad and are being judged for it and so there's just a whole load of weird uncertainty and and uh, people not really knowing what to do and, and not knowing what to think. And that's interesting. And I, I don't have any particular conclusions to draw from any of it yet, other than, you know, I think we're, st- we're in a space where people really wanted, people, people really wanted things to return to normal and go back to 
their version of normal as quickly as possible and that just doesn't seem likely to happen and I suppose different levels of surprise being registered at that Um, and the prices of things are going to go up you know economically we're headed for a recession we know this now and nobody really wants to I think everybody's just got like crisis fatigue at the moment and they don't really want to talk about that so the prices of things are going to go up inevitably because why? not because people are greedy um, not because people are deliberately putting their prices up to try to make an extra buck out of you the consumer because they can because they can they can just make you pay for what they like and they're being opportunistic it's because money is worth less you know that is part of a recession part of the mechanics of a recession so you might be used to you know a, 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 a pint costing you you know in Edinburgh quite a lot actually but like let's say a pint costing you a fiver well if a pint costs you seven pounds from now on it's not because people are trying to fleece you uh, especially small businesses it's because the money is going to be worth less and they're already probably feeling the the impact before the bigger players do they can afford to hold out longer uh, and charge lower prices for longer to try and compete but not for long you know and uh, so I guess if I'm going to conclude with anything then it's going to be if you want to support local business then you should accept that oh just not just local but small business that you, you, you need to accept that things are going to cost more you're going to have to pay more for things and so if that means that your luxuries that you get from a small business uh, are, you know, you can only have, have them once a month instead of twice, or your necessities, you're going to have to pay a bit more for your necessities from a small business and have less in the way of luxuries, then that's, that's part of the cost of potentially supporting small businesses and if you find that things are costing more that's why you know um and yeah i mean it's been anything like people talking about anything from baked goods to you know just the cost of like particular necessities from a from a smaller shop it's not people trying to exploit you or rip you off and in a lot of cases people will be still trying to compete Uh, but I think there's a lot of us in Edinburgh anyway who we value our our local business ecosystem and we don't want them to go away and by the way please do get in touch if you are a small business and you would like to have a say on this podcast or you've got something you want to say or you want to talk about your experiences or you've got comment to make about how you're finding things then just get in touch uh, through the various ways that there are to get in touch uh, the anchor fm button uh, to record a message is one way 
or you can send me a, a tweet on the flowering of Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. But yeah, I really, I think there's a lot of us that want to protect our local businesses and we would, at, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll have one takeaway a fortnight instead of two if it's going to cost more. Or, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like. Because we don't want to see our streets being closed down and, and businesses leaving and people losing their livelihoods. We, we want to see you make it through and survive so and be with us for years to come and you know unfortunately Edinburgh's just had this economic model forever where businesses made so so much of their takings during the festival month or months that this was always going to be a huge blow for them Um, they had no guarantees that the festival were going to go ahead every year they they um they just went they they just in good faith have stuck with us through the other months of the year and now this year i hope that we can do something do something to support them for listening to episode 16 Uh, it's been so nice to have so many nice messages once again I've had more nice messages and I just wanted to flag up that two things first of all that the fringe of color films for week three look absolutely cracking and they've just gone up so if you're a fringe of color uh, subscriber you'll have some new things to watch but if you aren't then I really encourage you to go and go and get your subscription um various tiered levels according to your ability to pay and I've been really enjoying the films also uh I wanted to flag up that on Tuesday the architecture fringe have an event and it's a panel event uh, based on um Morvin Cunningham's piece You'll have had your city where they're going to be looking at the commodification of urban spaces, not just Edinburgh, but other cities. And that's uh, hosted by Andy Summers of the Architecture Fringe. Morvin is on the panel, as is Janine Matheson and Arusa Qureshi. And they are going to be discussing that, and I'm sure it'll be a brilliant discussion. Um, I'm not going to be able to join them, but I'm going to tune in whenever I can to watch that. Um, I'm going to have to make myself a new calendar for all the online events that I want to watch to make sure that I can watch them live as where possible but also that I manage to watch them later before they expire. <laughs> oh, it's a heady new world. And uh, yeah, so and check out their Fortnite Fringe uh, programme, the Architecture Fringe. Until tomorrow when I'm going to have another podcast for you. Please take care and enjoy your Sunday evening and I'll see you then. Cheerio.